in Numbers 22 through 24, the king of Moab, Balak, observes Israel's military victory over his neighbors, the Amorites. The Amorites were stronger than the Moabites, the people that Balak was their, the king of. And uh, the Moabites had recently uh, defeated, um, oh yeah, the Amorites had recently defeated the Moabites in battle. So the king of Moab is witnessing his stronger enemy being annihilated by the Israelites. So the Israelites are kind of like this new kid on the block, and Moab is seeing them come in and trounce the, the bully on the playground. And so Bo, uh, Balak decides to launch this supernatural preemptive strike, and he offers a local wizard uh, prominence and wealth uh, to curse the Israelites, to put a hex on them. This particular wizard's name was Balaam. But Balaam hears from Creator God. He hears from the God of the Israelites, and he is instructed not to curse them. He is only permitted to bless them. He's only permitted to say what God instructs him to say. And this is what eventually happens. But Balak insists that he tries anyway. So Balaam uh, tells him, I can only say what God permits me to say. And in the moment that Balak expects him to curse uh, the Israelites, Balaam blesses them. And then he even prophesies about the coming of, of Jesus. So this pagan wizard, this prophet, this sorcerer, whatever you want to call him, uh, he was unable to put a hex on the people of God. He was unable to curse them. However, we are told in Revelation 2.14 that Balaam taught Balak how he could get the Israelites to curse themselves. And this was by enticing them to sin, by eating things sacrificed to idols and committing sexual immorality. And that's exactly what we see happen in Numbers 25. The children of Israel are sinning in this type of way with the women of Moab, and they bring a plague on themselves. God curses them for their sinfulness. So what's the point? What can we learn from all of this? The point is that God's people cannot be cursed by the outside world. God's people can only bring curses on themselves. They can only choose to be cursed if they want to be cursed. And to have a mindset to think that the prophets and the priests of the outside world are capable of cursing us is to make what we can call the Balak error. And the Balak error assumes that the world and her prophets have way more power than they really do. The world, of course, can entice us. It can tempt us, but it cannot defeat us. We can only defeat ourselves by giving in to worldly lust and consenting to our own defeat. We are protected by God who is stronger than the world. And if we are cursed, it is because we have chosen to bring it on ourselves. The priests and prophets of abortion, homosexuality, feminism, socialism, multiculturalism, public schools, pornographic movies, and television, they are not the ones with the power. They are not the ones cursing the church. The church is cursing the church. She has chosen to live in rebellion before the Lord, and so the Lord has removed his protection and power from her. And it is only when we repent of our own sins, particularly our institutionalization of 
covenant breaking in adulterous remarriage, that we will begin to see the plagues lifted and the blessings and the power of God Almighty return to his bride. This is the principle we see over and over and over in history, in the history of the church for the past 6,000 years. So stop thinking like Balak and start thinking more like Balaam. Balaam, while sinful, still understood the metaphysics of the universe better than most Christians do. So don't fall for the Balak error. Repent of your sins. Rebuke the sins in your congregation, like Phineas. Be a peacemaker. Lift the plagues. And so this reminds us of our own need to confess.